the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D Podcast indeed. I'm Nick DeGilio. I'm your host. It is episode number 168 of the Nick D Podcast here at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. Radiomisfits.com is where you can find a bunch of varied, entertaining, and awesome, and funny, and just spectacular podcasts that are available all over the place. You can also check out our streaming service, which is 24-7. It's just like a radio station. You turn it on, it's there, except it's, it's better than a radio station. It's 24 hours of streaming. Check out radiomisfits.live right now where you can hear great unheard uh, bands and unheard music uh, along with incredible episodes of the podcast, including mine. You can hear this podcast at 3 p.m. Central every day on radiomisfits.live. And you can hear my other podcast, my Saturday Night Live podcast show that's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. You can hear that every morning at 9 a.m. Central along with 24 hours of streaming service at radiomisfits.live. Hey, you want to be a sponsor here at Radio Misfits? Uh, advertise with us. Let us know. Advertise with this podcast in particular. You want to sponsor it? I'd love to have you. Write your, uh, write your uh, letter to uh, the, bail- the people in the sales department and say, I would like to sponsor and do some advertising. Sales at radiomisfits.com. You want to be a podcast on a regular basis? we got a voicemail system that's open 24-7, and I encourage all of you who are listening right now to take the time to call us up and leave a message and leave a contribution and uh, any kind of thing that you want. you got a megaphone message that you want me to do into the megaphone? Do that. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. So voicemail 24-7-773-417-6948. Email us anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the themes and the weirdness and the audio. My main man, Ed, does everything else. And uh, it is radiomisfits.com. All right. The Nick D Podcast, episode 168. It is a Tuesday. That means my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke. At the end of every Tuesday podcast, my dad busts into the apartment, pushes this woman out of the Hi, way. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Yeah. Uh, so Carrie Russell is here, Hi, as you I'm know. I'm Carrie uh, Russell, yes. and I love Nick's show. So my dad will stop by and tell a joke, as he always does. Esmeralda Leon, my partner in crime, will join me uh, to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about witty retorts and celebrity re- responses and uh, all kinds of really cool stuff. We've got news to talk about as well. I got a mag- megaphone message. So Esmeralda and I are going to have some fun today. My dad's going to tell a joke. And my special guest coming up next is a tremendous writer and director. Their name is Laura Moss. Uh, they've made one of the best movies of the year and absolutely the best horror movie of the year. And it's a film called Birth Rebirth. I saw it back in May at the Chicago Critics Film Festival at the Music Box and just blew my mind. I loved it. And I was like, I have to get the filmmaker on. And I met them after the movie at the screening, uh, after the screening. And uh, their name is Laura Moss, one of the best filmmakers out there. Started out as a production designer, a writer, a director, did a whole bunch of shorts. 
Um, this is their first full-length feature, and it is amazing. It evokes Mary Shelley. It evokes David Cronenberg. It evokes originality. It's scary and funny and weird, and it makes statements about birth, and it makes statements about motherhood. It is one of the creepiest, one of the most effective, and one of the most genuinely powerful horror films I've seen in a long time, and it's one of the best movies of the year, and I cannot wait to talk to Laura Moss. The movie is called Birth, Rebirth. It opens Friday the 18th in theaters around the country. Birth, Rebirth, Friday the 18th, one of the very best movies of the year and the best horror movie of the year. And then it'll be on Shudder. The date will be uh, TBA. So in the future, it'll be on Shudder. It's from IFC Classics and Shudder. You can see it in theaters. It's called Birth, Rebirth. We'll talk all about it with the co-writer and director, Laura Moss. That's the special guest that we have. So that's all coming up. We want to hear from you. We love uh, the fact that you're checking us out. And, uh, and uh, all kinds of great stuff happening in the future on the Nick D Podcast. And I um, want to thank you guys for coming out to Flashback Weekend to see our live Flashback Weekend um, podcast where we had uh, three of the stars of Christine and Esmeralda and I were there. We interacted with the crowd and had a great time. Sven Gulli stopped by. And if you haven't heard that, it's a couple episodes previous. You can check it out. It's archived right here. Live from the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention from a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic. So, uh, all right. Great show coming up here. My dad's joke, Esmeralda Leon, and of course, unbelievable. I'm so excited to talk with Laura Moss, the director of Birth Rebirth. And I'm, that's coming up immediately after I tell you that you need to be congratulated right Congratulations. now. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. girl who passed away last Friday. They say they don't have her. I'm trying to figure out what to tell the mother. So that is um, a little bit of the trailer from a film that I saw last May. Not last May. This, well, this past May. I make it sound like it was a year ago, but it was May. It was a few months ago. And it was at the Chicago Critics Film Festival, and it was featured uh, one of the nights at the festival. And it's called Birth Rebirth. That's the trailer for it. The film opens at theaters on August 18th, uh, IFC uh, Films and with associated with Shudder. And um, I was blown away by this movie. I've been talking about it on the podcast, as you know, and I am unbelievably excited to welcome uh, the co-writer and director of Birth Rebirth, to the podcast, and this is Laura Moss. Hi, Laura. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, I just have to say, uh, well, we we spoke after I saw the movie, and I was I was kind of a geek because I just loved it. <laughs> I, I loved it so much, um, and it it hit all the right buttons for me. I'm a big horror fan, and uh, and I love movies that are I love horror movies that are actually about something. Mm. and that touch on something pretty primal, and this one certainly did that. And a, a lot of your influences are, are 
some of my favorite influences. Um, I mean, I mentioned the first time, you know, when we talked for two seconds, I mentioned Cronenberg right away. And, sure. and, and I think the first thing you said was, yeah, I ripped off Dead Ringers. I think that was one of the first, <laughs> uh, which I thought was amusing. And I wouldn't put it that way. But, um, but I love the movie and congratulations on it. It's just so damn good. Um, and I want to talk you. about that. And it, now, so if, officially it opens in theaters uh, Friday on August 18th. Um, this is Tuesday, so it'll open Friday. Yep. Yeah, it'll be, it's a limited release, but it, it should be, it's theaters nationwide. So definitely look for it near yeah, you. Yeah. And then at some point it'll be on Shutter. You, you, is it, this was a, was this like a co-production between IFC and Shutter. Is that how it worked? Well, you know, Shutter financed the film like from Jump. They were our partners from the beginning, um, and I believe that IFC is a is a um, kind of sister company with uh, Shutter. So I think they came on board to do the theatrical release after our Sundance reception. Right. And yeah. and so so Shutter. What you know? I'll tell you something. Man, has that service just started to, I mean, has mm. taken off. How about mm. that? I mean, as a horror fan, I have like, I, I'm like, my God, that's like, that's my favorite streaming service that I have. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a testament to Nick Lazo, Sam Zimmerman, and Emily Gatto, who are the kind of three ma- major components of Shudder. They, they themselves are such horror fans and I think have such an expansive definition of what horror is. Um, and that's that's what I love so much about Shudder is that like whatever your taste is in horror, whatever subgenre or type of horror you like, you're going to find it there. And they're supporting it both in like collecting um, already made films for their catalog, but also like in their originals. Absolutely true. I mean, that, I mean, you can look at this at, at the catalog that they have and the, of the older films and the newer films and some of the stuff that they're doing in the original stuff. Yeah. Um, it's turned into this kick ass streaming service. I mean, you could. You know, uh, you can go from seeing like last year, you could see the, the you know, uh, in the past like months or so, you could see Dario Argento's new movie was was mm. on Shutter, was on Shutter, and the Guar documentary for Christ's sake was on Shutter, <laughs> and everything in between. And I think that represents everything that's kind of cool about Shutter. It's like Dar- Argento and Guar. You can watch those in the same day if you want. Well, and I'll say as partners, you know, as financiers um, and producers, I I was so happy, you know, to have worked with them because. As you know, independent filmmakers know it's hard to find the money for your first film, um, and it often involves a lot of compromising in terms of you know your financiers want a different cast or they want they're giving you intense script notes, and honestly, they really backed my vision from the beginning and so were cool. really nothing but supportive. So so cool. Well, yeah, obviously, bravo, great. bravo to Shutter. Um, so <laughs> all right, so in theaters, limited uh, limited uh, release in theaters uh, this this Friday, and then it will eventually be on Shutter, so you can watch it streaming. But go out to the yes. theater and see it this weekend, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to get to your to your. Uh, you mentioned lovers of horror. Are you a lover of horror? I am. I am. You know, I've been really into horror since uh, I was a little kid. I I have you know, three brothers and I indoctrinated them into my favorite horror films. We were pretty much unsupervised for our childhood. Oh wait, you so indoctrinated could... them? Oh yeah. 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 I, I, they, I've talked to them recently about the trauma that I inflicted upon them because I was a horror fan and they are less so, but they had to be because of me. Um, but you know, it was, uh, yeah, I, to me, it was always about horror was always about, um, the things grown up would talk to you about. You know, yeah. these tab subjects or difficult subjects were explored in, in the best kinds of horror. And and I was obsessed with it. And now yeah. I think, you know, my favorite and least favorite films are horror movies because they are 
you know, the, they're so powerful. And, and when you see sort of violence or extremity on screen, it's really powerful. And so, you know, the horror that I feel is subversive or like you said, saying something is yeah. my favorite type of horror. And I can get particularly angry about horror that I feel like is gratuitous. So yeah. that's, I mean, that was an interesting line for me to try to walk as a director. Well, here's a line that I had to walk last week at the Flashback Horror Convention. I've been a part of the Flashback Horror Convention for since its beginning, since the beginning in, in 2002. Mm. So I've been I've been with them for over 20 years. Uh, one of the and and so we've had some great, really great panels and great features and great special events and things like that. Um, and I loved almost all of them. But I have to say, and I, this is not a popular opinion, and I kept it to myself during the convention. <laughs> I cannot stand the the Terrifier movies. I can't stand Ooh, them. Oh, that is, un- that's a, and, yeah. That's yeah, a lightning rod. It, it, it absolutely <laughs> is. Now, listen, do I admire the fact that they made it on, on at no fucking money whatsoever? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, it, and it made a ton of money and it's become like hugely popular and that they did everything on set and it's mm. practical. I love all that. I just think they're really terrible movies. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so like, that's not a popular thing. But again, like you said, there are sometimes when you react to certain things that are visceral. Yeah. And you are taken in by it. I was not, and yeah, that's, you know, those, I, I can those movies are certainly that. those movies are certainly visceral. But I just didn't give a shit when I saw them. No, I can I can understand that. As someone who comes from a special effects, like a practical special effects background, that right. was some of my first jobs were uh, doing uh, assisting a special effects makeup designer, Rob Benavides, in New York. Oh sure, um, yeah. I. Uh, I'm just always into practical effects and I yeah. pretty much like if I if you if you just put me down in front of a reel of practical effects with no plot I would be thrilled. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Well, and I and I and I I appreciate that. I really do. I just don't think I, you know it was I was I kept everything to myself like I did not moderate those panels. <laughs> I was not in the room during those panels. I stayed away and people were having a lovely time and spending a yeah. lot of time getting getting their pictures with Art the Clown. God bless him. You know that's yeah. awesome. Just not my scene, man. Uh, so, but, uh, you've been spent the practical effects just, just to, to, to throw something at you here. Mm. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw the thing? Oh man. Yeah. Cause that you want to talk about practical effects. This is that yeah. movie's, that movie's 41 years old and it's better. The effect oh. Rob, Bo, Rob Bottin's effects in that movie are just mind blowing. Oh Still. man. Those, that spider head it, like, lives, it lives in my nightmares. No, um, the thing is an amazing movie and yeah, it's, it's real. It's interesting how like what films have held up and what effects really disintegrate like over yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a really powerful one. That's a great one. Well, tell me about your history of horror. What you know, you you, you mentioned same. Give me some examples. Do you remember the first time you were like, "Holy shit!" When you watched the horror movie, do you remember which ones stood out for you at a young age? Yeah. Well, it was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh my um, god! And and I saw it at like age twelve. When and oh my god! Like, too young. Too young, oh needed God. needed like a, a a birds and a bees talk before you see that movie. It's like there's a. Um, I, happen that, I, happen, I happen to know. I happen. I happen to know John. I happen to know John. Uh, John McCall. Oh my God! So I'll let oh. him know that that was the Please. first movie you saw and you were twelve, and he, uh, he'll be th- he'll be thrilled by that. Quite he frankly, thoroughly yeah. traumatized yeah. me. But yeah. but the thing is, you know, when I would watch these films that were so disturbing to me, I would have terrible nightmares. I mean, I was really freaked out by them, and then I would come back and watch them again the next day. It was yeah. like this compulsive need to sort of come back and and get on the ride again so yeah yeah yeah. i remember seeing henry i'll tell you a quick story i remember seeing henry the first time i saw it was at a midnight show at the music box oh cool Um, and it was at the music box and it was about a week before it opened uh you know like a a low because locally because it's shot here and everything and you know that 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, Le- McNaughton's a local legend. So it was, it had mm-hmm. a big push here before sure. it slowly leaked across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a big midnight show premiere here at the Music Box. And I went with some friends. And one of my friends, and, I, and I'm talking about people who have seen horror movies and who know scary shit. One of my friends during the home invasion scene had to leave the theater. Yeah. Like he, he got up and went, I can't do this. And he mm-hmm. got up and, and this is a seasoned horror fan. And he got up and walked out. So very quickly after the movie ended, we mm-hmm. walk out to the lobby. Well, we stagger out to the lobby like Jesus <laughs> Christ. We walk out and we were not 12. I was an adult when I saw that movie. <laughs> and, and I walk out and someone is standing in the hall and there's a, there, uh, in the lobby there, that beautiful lobby of which you were there just a uh-huh. few months ago. And they're gathered around and they're having a conversation and it's Tom Tolls. And I was like, I'm not going near him. I am not. That's fucking Otis. And I'm not going near him. And my friend who walked out was like, my friend who walked out during the home invasion scene just quickly ran past him and said, I don't even. And he's a perfectly, he was a perfectly lovely man. He was a lovely man. But that's the effect that that movie has on adults at midnight, you know. Oh, (laughs) man. No, I get that completely. Now, you just you just jogged back a memory. I saw that at a sleepover with a friend. I picked it because (laughs) of the box. You know, that's always what it is. Right. It's the box. Right. 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 and it was a lightning storm and we actually lost power. We actually only got oh. through like two thirds of the movie. Oh and no. <laughs> I've seen, I mean, I watched it again like the next day, but it was terrifying. That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. So that is incredible. If you could make lists of your, what are your favorite horror movies? Uh, do you have, is, oh, I know it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to narrow down, but do you have some that pop into your skull? Right. You well, know? so, I mean, it's interesting you bring up, I mean, I guess I brought up dead ringers when we first met, like yeah. I, um, it's and that movie's kind of horror adjacent and that's kind of how i think of my stuff uh you know i don't know that it's really a horror movie but it's one that i just kind of keep coming back to and coming back to yeah um i'm a big john carpenter fan kind of everything Um, yeah like i love him oh man uh i mean they live is something that i just like come back to over and over again yeah and see this is why you this is what this is why you and i get along so well Cronenberg, yeah, Carpenter, that's it. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of traumatizing my little brothers, I do remember us all going to the movies as a family, and mm-hmm. he was really little. And um, Event Horizon was playing, and oh. my best friend's wedding was playing. And he <laughs> and and I insisted that we all go see Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't make it through. He was little. Oh, and, uh, man. And I think I had to take him out, and I think we watched my best friend's wedding like that's the best (laughs) that is the best my best friend's wedding or event horizon let's go to event horizon (laughs) oh god that is funny boy yeah um it's funny uh, you mentioned uh, you know dead ringers i will mention very quickly i actually took a girl on a first date to see that movie Oh my God. Did not work That's out well. That's all great I'm saying. Date movie. One of my first dates, I, I was in this quote unquote movie club that was just me and this one guy. And, uh, and our, our, the first time we hooked up, it was a racer head, which I still think of as a date movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, a racer head is just, you know, it's still my favorite Lynch movie. Um, yeah. of all of them, but yeah, no, the, the, and the, 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 the payoff here, the kickoff here is that, um, I had already seen Dead Ringers, and I took her like as a test. I was like, "This chick will be cool if she likes Dead oh, Ringers." Total dick. That's, yeah, it's total a, that's a dick, dick move. No, it's a complete <laughs> dick move. There's no question about it. I know that. I was like 23. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take." This. I actually did that on a first date with Melancholia. I was like, "You know what? If 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 this guy, and he wasn't even into movies. This guy wasn't even really into movies. It was such a dud that that date. Yeah. Oh, that, and so, but you but you knew you had you seen it already. 
Uh, no, but, but I mean, I, I but you knew Von, Von Trier, Trier so yeah, of like, course. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, this is going to be a heavy thing. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Not as big a dick move as mine, but, it, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, uh, um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, you, so, so you talked about like doing practical effects and I know that you're a production designer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. how did you get into that? Well, let's talk about like when you were young was, you know, you're watching horror movies and I'm assuming uh, obviously movies of every genre. Mm -hmm. Um, did you, at what point did you go, you know what, I want to get behind a camera or I want to make movies. I want to be a part of the process. What happened? What, what was the inspiration for that? Yeah. It's a little meandering. It's funny. Cause my mother told me recently that in like second grade, they asked us what we wanted to be. And I said, I wanted to be a makeup artist for horror movies, but I have no memory of this, but she <laughs> says that that happened. It's um, a great story though. I, <laughs> yeah. But I was always interested in the arts. So I was, I was pretty heavily I was studying music I was I was a musician in high school I went to LaGuardia which is the New York kind of music and art high school mm -hmm. um I was a drummer and really? in college cool. yeah in college I started um studying theater directing for theater but didn't really think of that as a viable profession um yeah. so after school during school and after school I went to night school and I got my EMT certification so Briefly, for a little while, I was an EMT. Yeah, I was um, gonna get. To, I was gonna get to that because I yeah. know that about you, and I was like, you were an EMT, and some of that shows up in Birth Rebirth. Uh, it does. It <laughs> does. Um, and to be honest, I burned out on that pretty fast. Um, mm. In my early twenties, I, I had I had done that work overseas. I came back to the states, and honestly, it was sort of fate. I the first job I could get through a friend of a friend was as an office PA. And I started working uh, for this one producer uh, as an office PA, then a set PA, then a truck PA, then an art PA, you know, and, and it was basically that experience. I kept hanging out with the art department and I kept sort of saying, uh, what are you guys up to? What you're doing mm. seems cool mm -hmm. and ended up kind of working my way up through the art department. The um, special effects work came through. I did take a special effects class from Rob in college and I was the only one like taking notes and, and obsessively, you know, studying it. I think for everyone else, it was kind of a fun elective. Yeah. Um, so it was in that period too, that I, that I did some work for Rob, but um, yeah, I just sort of fell into it and I didn't really think I could direct a movie myself until like my late twenties. That's when I really started getting into that side of things. How much of the theater direction um, helped you as a film? I, I, I've directed a lot of theater. I used mm. to be with a theater company here. And, and how much of the theater directing that you've done was applicable to film for you? Well, I think it really helps you with actors. You know, I mean, the, it's an actor's medium. And I know a lot of directors who are incredibly visual and incredibly yeah. gifted with camera yeah. and, and like afraid of actors, you know, because it, what they do is magic and they, you know, you don't want to get near it. Um, right. And so I do think just just having acted a little, I mean, not professionally, but in, in college and then and then studied directing the actor basically mm -hmm. was was, I mean, incredible. And the and the and the best thing that I learned from that process is, I mean, I guess one, it's a collaboration. You as a director don't have to have all the answers. You have to like come with an inquisitive spirit, kind of create a safe space for actors and then collaborate. Yeah. yeah. You know, but. Also to kind of stay out of their way, you know, I, I think that was another thing that that I learned. And, and I, you know, Marin and Judy in my film are they're just incredible oh, and, and so seasoned yeah. and they're prepared. So I'm I'm there to help them. 
but I don't really need to micromanage their work, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and things tend to go more smoothly when you don't. Now, when you were doing uh, practical and you were doing makeup effects, what, what do you have a favorite gag that you did? Do you have a favorite effect that you from a from a film? Oh, or from a, from actually, a- well, yeah, this is funny. I was uh, this was not for Rob. This was like a side gig. It was like a trauma production or a trauma funded production called night of the porno vampires and we had to get blood to shoot out of a dildo like a well a penis but we we got a realistic looking dildo and it was vinyl and i had to heat up this um you know armature wire to like i had to make a hole in it to put the tube through and i had this roommate that i didn't really know well at the time and and she walked into the living room and like that's what i was doing i was like (laughs) It's like piercing this dildo and I still can picture the look on her face. Uh, but like, you know, that's the kind of fun thing about like effects. But and the art department is like you're always inventing something. You're I mean, God bless camera. It's so cool. But you're you're kind of working with a limited set of gear. Um, yeah. You still, of course, have to be inventive and rig cool things. But with art, it's like the known world is is what you work with you know yeah. like you can be tiling a bathroom one day and and you know mutilating a dildo another yeah, yeah. mutilating a dildo that's a great that's a great <laughs> phrase right that's a t-shirt right there yeah. mutilating a dildo uh, i love that your roommate your roommate now were you friends with with this roommate or or you just kind of like paying the rent no this was like this was this was either college or just post college life. So yeah. we were not we were not cool. We have not remained friends. <laughs> no, because I think the dildo. I think I think the dildo thing uh, traumatized her. Yeah, yeah. So did the effect turn out well? Were you proud of it? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, not to bring you back to Terrifier, but you know, there is some something really fun about you know in our film we really Lisa Forrest was our special effects makeup artist and she's incredible. And we really prized medical realism over anything. Like we wanted this to feel incredibly grounded and incredibly real, but there is a lot of fun to those films where it's more about the sort of uh, outrageousness of the gore and not the like reality of the gore, you know, like there it's, there's, there's a real delight to those things. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. that was a fun one. All right. Blood shooting dildo. That's a great (laughs) It's fantastic. And I'm shocked that that ended up in a trauma film. What? I know, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so, um, so production designer. And then you, then when did you go, when did you start making your short films? Well, actually, uh, so it was the last writer's strike. I was working in production and my then husband and, and still writing partner, Brendan, was a boom operator. And we were both unemployed because um, of the writer's strike. And so we decided to write our own film. It was called Rising Up. It was a fake documentary about the zombie civil rights movement. It was very silly. And we made it over a series of weekends, you know, because we couldn't pay. So it was just sort of friends coming out doing this movie. Um, And I I thought he would want to direct it. He went to film school. I didn't. um, But he had no interest in directing the movie. So I ended up doing it. And it was when I got on set for that film that I realized that a lot of the skills that I had, you know, from my background in music, working with actors and being an EMT, it it sort of felt like they all coalesced and these were directing skills. Um, And it it, it sort of fit like a glove. And it was really after that experience that I decided to apply to film school and, you know, see if I could enter like a formal program of study for directing. Yeah. Now, before we get to the film stuff, I want to go back to the music thing. Um, how did you end up playing the drums and what were your what 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 music did you listen to 
at that time? And did you have, do you have favorite drummers? Oh man. Um, well, it's easy, easy. Stuart Copeland's one of my favorite drummers because he, uh, I saw him on, on stage. So like at a young age, it was just cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked hitting things. I liked how loud the drums were. I studied piano, so I also could read music and, and sight read. Yeah. So I ended up at LaGuardia doing, um, you know, a lot of uh, timpani and raffone and marimba stuff. Oh, as sure. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was I was into sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, industrial stuff. I loved mm -hmm. L7. Like, you know, it was a true 90s kid. So it's like, yeah. it was that kind of smattering of things. But yeah, uh, yeah it's hard to it's hard to keep up with the drums uh, when you live in an apartment in right. New York City because everyone hates you if you do yep. it. So. <laughs> That's right. That's that's worse than the dildo, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's bad form. Yeah. So uh, so you decided. Okay. You, I, I, it's interesting. Uh, I did not know that he was your then husband. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were married I, at the time. We got divorced when I was in film school, and we started really writing together after that. Um, isn't isn't that interesting? How that how that yeah. that kind of partnership was it was it was it more? Did you guys get along better when you weren't married and when you were writing together? We did. Uh, yeah. yeah, we were. Yeah, we weren't supposed to be married. We were supposed to be writing partners. Um, yeah, I mean, it took a while for us to figure out the dynamic. But one of one of the, you know, good things about about that, you know, you've been through everything with someone. So it's it's hard to take their notes personally. You know, it's, it's true. It's, that's yeah. that's very, very that's very, very true. Uh, so I find that, I didn't know that though. Now I'm, there's a whole bunch of questions I have, uh, that I, <laughs> I knew that he was your writing partner. I did not know that you were once married. That's fascinating. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. Has that ever, has the, has your, like the, the past relationship you guys had, has that ever snuck into in, in any of your work? It's, it's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I subconsciously all the time, you know, and I, I mean, I even think about this film being about two people you know co-parenting an unorthodox child but that are not, and these two people are not in a romantic relationship and yeah. it in many many ways mirrors our relationship and our child would be this movie you know yeah. um yeah so yeah i think about that a lot and i also think that in the writing process you know we if we have a the two-hander like this Brandon really adopted the character of Celie and I really adopted the character of Rose and yeah. identified more strongly with those characters. So we yeah. were, so yes, a lot of our dynamics play out in those two characters. And in fact, our DP who was living with us during the shoot, oh my God. she was like, oh, you guys argue exactly the way these characters are. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, this is all this, it's gives, it's, there's so much more to the movie now. <laughs> Uh, and I thought there was a lot to it already. So that's fantastic. Well, let's, b before we get to uh, Birth Rebirth, uh, again, mm -hmm. one of the best movies I've seen all year, easily. Oh. Um, and the best horror movie I've seen all year. And it's been a pretty strong movie, for, uh, strong year for horror. There's been some pretty strong stuff. Oh, um, thank you. But your movie's the best out of all of them. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about how you came to Chicago the first time. And I saw your short film there, um, Friday. And, oh, yes. And I loved it. Oh. And tell me a little bit about that and how you came to Chicago and now this, this lovely connection you have with our city and this fine organization that I'm a part of as well. Sure, yeah. I mean, Friday was uh, my thesis short uh, out of film school. Um, and it was it was uh, originally a proof of concept for another feature that Brendan and I are actually hoping, hoping to produce next. Um, and 
uh, it's it's about a young girl kind of coming of age against the backdrop of Ted Bundy's execution in, right. in 1989. Right. And uh, yeah, we had an amazing time. Chicago Critics uh, Film Festival played it. It played at the Music Box. And I mean, I remember meeting Mark Borchardt that weekend. Yeah, it he was, was like, in town was, that weekend. Yeah. It, was a, <laughs> it was a dream weekend, but it's such a cool festival because it really is like a, it's, it's it's very filmmaker friendly. I at that point I hadn't had a lot of experience with many festivals and now I have and yeah. and it's really one of my favorite places. Yeah. Well, you came back uh this year. Mm. Um and uh you know a lot of the guys I know the guys who program it and I know Steve and I know uh you know Eric and all the guys who program They're it. They're amazing. And yeah. Steve and Eric are regulars. They're on my podcast every other week. In fact, they'll be on this Friday uh to oh, review cool. the they we will re- all three of us will review your movie officially ah, on Friday. Okay. Uh no, it's <laughs> trust me, it's they're three raves. Don't worry about it. Um and you know and I believe Steve did your Q&A. Um Yes. Oh, oh no, Katie Reif did. Katie did, right? Katie yeah, did. That's right. Because I'm right. sorry, I, got, I was there all weekend, and they, it mm-hmm. all kind of melded together at some point. Sure. Um, but um, uh, so so uh, you know, I know the guys that program it, and they had seen your movie, and I was talking with them. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to coming to, and and every single one of them, the, the three or four people who had seen it, the programmers who had already seen it, whether they saw it at uh, the film festivals or you know, you know, for consideration, they were all like, uh, yeah, there's one movie that Nick is gonna love. <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm telling you right now, and everybody predicted that this would be my favorite movie of the festival. Aww. And they were all telling me, they're like, Nick, you're going to shit when you see this movie. You really are going <laughs> to lose your mind. And they weren't, they weren't lying. I was like, I'll be the judge of that. You know, I was being a dick. I'm like, yeah, I'll be the, I'll see if it's any good. 40 minutes into the movie, I'm like, this is the best goddamn movie I've seen this whole festival. Um, so I appreciate those guys like, yeah, Nick, you're going to love it. And it's, it's, it's so good. So then now, when when the Chicago Critics Festival came around, you had already had the experience with your short film. Um, mm-hmm. How did you end up uh, getting Birth Rebirth uh, to there to us? Oh, for this one, yeah. You know, I was actually just thrilled that it got to you guys because it's a very strange experience coming from short films to features. I wasn't in charge of the festival strategy at all. I mean, I was certainly consulted. Uh, when we applied to Sundance as a as a potential premiere, yeah. But uh, I definitely passed on a list of festivals that I loved, and kind of prayed that Shutter would agree and send the film to you. Yeah, and that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. what happened. But it is it's a very strange thing to not sort of be in control anymore after you know when you're on a sh- when you're making a short, no one cares and right. you have all the control. <laughs> You right. Know? Well, that and that's I, I love to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that anyway. The shift in going from shorts to features. It's your first mm. feature, um, and and you know, and going to the festivals and and you know, I mean, people saw this movie eight months ago, Laura. Mm. You know, and what's that been like? It's like, God damn it! It's when is when are everybody? When's everybody going to see this? Because <laughs> I only saw it in May, so it's only been a few yeah. months for me. But this thing was being screened at the beginning of the year. So what's that yeah. eight months? What's that eight months been like doing the festival circuit? What's that like as a first feature? Well, it it is really a roller coaster. You know, the the Sundance was wonderful, but also terrifying. You know, it's the premiere. You have no idea how it's going to be received. Uh, we premiered, you know, opening night midnight. Um, yeah, and our first review was not good and that came out 24 hours before all the other reviews came out and oh, so God. it was this real hold your breath moment of okay we could we could end up at sundance but then not have such a an auspicious opening um yeah so you know as much as i loved sundance it it was 
it was it was a professional a a, a professionally scary um week yeah and uh, the regional festivals overlook chicago critics fantasia you know have been really um fun you know it, it, there isn't that pressure of the opening you know of the film's opening right and you can just screen the film and you can talk to people who watch the movie and so yeah. it really is like the best possible scenario uh you, you've got sort of cinephile festival audiences that are jazzed to be there. Yeah. Um, and now this, you know, now there's going to be a theatrical and, and it's yeah. sort of the roller coaster is ratcheting up again. Um, well, you seem, you seem to have a good time the night that you were, that I saw you at, uh, at our oh, fest. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I had a great time, you yeah. know, and I, I really do. That's my favorite. My favorite part of this has been just to be able to connect with people yeah. who see the film and have a meaningful experience. All right, well, let's talk about the movie. Um, uh, first of all, tell everybody, how, I want you to describe it because I don't want to give too much away or say oh, too gosh. much. And I'm going to let you describe Birth Rebirth uh, to, to my audience. I've been, it's not like they don't know what it is because I've been talking about this goddamn thing since May. So, uh, well, <laughs> so Birth, yeah. birth Rebirth. <laughs> it's, well, it's a Frankenstein-inspired story um, about two women uh, who are kind of bound together by their relationship to a reanimated child. I guess that's as, as vague yeah. as I can be Yeah, and still describe the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I understand the origin of this, the, of, of Birth Rebirth. It, it goes back a ways, right? I mean, this, this was not a new idea. This was an idea that came to you. Did it come to you like right after you read Mary Shelley's book or? No, but I, I'd say that I was really fascinated um, with, with Mary Shelley's gender when I read Frankenstein, you know, that I had, it was in the context of reading uh, Bronte sisters novels and Jane Austen novels. And I was really hit in the face by this, this horror novel written by a woman. Um, yeah. So that, and then learning more about Mary Shelley and her histories, uh, her history of miscarriage, her, her sort of tragic history um, with Percy Shelley, you know, I I was pretty obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, and the idea of Victor as a woman, I think when I reread Frankenstein, you know, in my early 20s, you know, what what would this mean if a, if this doctor wanted to create life with their mind, but but could use their own body to gestate the materials they needed to do it? Yeah. Um, and so that idea was in my head. This is before I really ever considered myself a filmmaker. And I think I, I was free writing about it, you know, my toy showing it to Brandon, sort of saying, what the hell is this? And yeah. I remember Brandon saying, you know, I have no idea, but I haven't seen it before. <laughs> and so that that was definitely sizzling on the back burner for a really long time. Yeah. And how much of your personal story is in this? Uh, you're non-binary. And and yeah. How much of that, and and I, and I read that you, you know, uh, you said that, uh, you know, at, at one point you're like, I don't know if I'm going to ever have children. I'm probably never going mm -hmm. to have children. How much mm -hmm. of that personal stuff did you did you put into Birth Rebirth? I mean, it's it's deeply personal. I yeah. think it's it's very much about the this you know this this female Doctor Frankenstein's relationship with her body, and it's about body bodily autonomy. Um, yep. And and I think in a lot of ways, sort of abjection and and disconnection from your body. So, you know, I, I don't know how intentionally I put personal stuff into these movies, but they always find their way through. 
Um, I I mean, very intentionally, I was exploring different ideas around birthing and around motherhood, because I think that's a subject that's just fascinated me for a long time. I do. I do remember being in my early 20s and thinking, I don't think I could have a baby with my body. Um, And I remember using that phrase. Um, But, you know, this this film for lack of a better word gestated and came to came to life when i was in my late 30s and i you know i turned 40 in prep for this movie um so it was specifically a time where fertility uh parenthood having children not having children was 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 on my mind but also in the ether you know on the minds of of friends my age uh so i really think that that just thematically soaked into the film yeah it feels like a really personal work um it 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 it, because it it just seems urgent to me Hmm. um in 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 you know in the the feelings that are that are in it and uh, you know like if you if you even dig below the surface there's a lot going on in this movie um Hmm. uh, uh, and and i was really uh, like really moved by it um, I also think it's really, I think it, there's some really funny stuff in this movie as well. Oh, good. Um, I think and, so too. But I, yeah. you know, it depends on the crowd. <laughs> oh, I, no, there were times when I was like, ha ha. And there was like kind of like two other lap pieces of people laughing uh, in it. But there are things in it that I find absolutely hilarious, but in a really great way. Um, oh, uh, but, uh, but okay, let's talk about the making of it. So mm. y- 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 how did you get the money? And then how did you get these actresses and uh, and the other actors that are in the film? I mean, what a cast you have in this movie. They're amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels like a series of really fortunate events, you know. Um, and I, I had been applying to the Sundance Labs uh, for some years and finally got in with this film. Um, so we, Brendan and I went to the Sundance Labs with this film in 2020. And those labs, I mean, not only do we get great advice from incredible filmmakers uh, on our script, but I think the um, just being on the list of lab participants gets you some the attention of some um, folks in the industry. Mm-hmm. So we were able to meet with Emily Gatto from Shudder uh, that January. So in January of 2020, we met her. She really loved the script and greenlit it uh, basically right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. COVID hit. And, you know, as awful as that was, uh, for our film, it was probably ultimately lucky because I had time, and so did Marin. I had time to cultivate a relationship with Marin Ireland, who was my first choice for Rose. Yeah. Um, Shutter was very excited about her. They had casting approval, but they approved immediately. And I was able to send this script in to Marin. She she had time to look it over, and then we met up on Zoom um, and ended up talking for years about this movie. Uh, yeah. So she was attached pretty early. And then I had been thinking about Judy since the beginning, since writing the movie, but um, we didn't go out to her until we had a timeline for production, which wasn't until the summer of, of last year of 2022. Yeah. Um, and that was just, you know, we didn't want to, if you attach two actors and you have no schedule, then you have to schedule around both of them and it just becomes less likely that the movie ever gets made. Sure. Um, so that was our strategy, but I mean, yeah, it's a dream. I mean, both Judy and Marin are, are just incredible. And, you know, oh, there days on set where I was like, I'm not doing anything. They're just doing they're just doing everything. <laughs> yeah. No, they're both amazing in it. They're both amazing. Yeah. Now, now I, I you know, it's 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 kind of it's kind of funny to see Judy playing a nurse. 
Sure. Um, in the movie, well, for people who don't not know, um, she was in Scrubs and uh, yes. and Carla and she, on Scrubs. Yeah. Carla on Scrubs, and she wears Scrubs in this movie. Uh, she does. <laughs> and was that? I mean, that obviously was not lost on you guys completely. No, I was afraid she would turn us down for that reason. Um, you yeah. know. Because I knew that there would be, and there have been in reviews, you know, comparisons. Obviously, she's a very different kind of nurse in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Judy, she has done some some great, she's uh, acted some great dramatic roles in the past. But I think she's known more for her comedy. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited. I mean, she read the script and then hopped on a Zoom with me the next day. And I, I it meant so much to me that she really deeply connected with this role. I mean, she's yeah. a mother herself. And I think... This this just this was a personal film for her too. Yeah. Uh, now Marin had to do some very uh, incredibly weird stuff in this movie. In she this sure movie. did. She's some fearless. Stuff invo- some stuff mm-hmm. that involved turkey basters and things like yeah. that. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, was she was she game the whole time? I mean, she was totally game. Yeah. Um, she was totally game. But you know, as a director, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of her. Yeah. So you know, the things that I did in preparation, I uh, Chananan, my DP, and I storyboarded every frame that involved nudity or mm. anything that was going to be sensitive uh, in that way. Um, we also were lucky. I mean, uh, Chananan, our, our DP, our AD, first AC, and boom operator were all women. Um, so we were able to create a closed set environment that I think made Marin feel more safe in those moments where she did have to be, um, you know, set in yeah. mute. Yeah. 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 And, and doing some crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you you got to tell me about the pig, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a pig in this movie. Um, there is, and, there is. Who wrote was there this just, movie? Was there yeah. just one, was there just one on set or did you have stunt oh, pigs or just oh, one? Anjali is one and only. She, oh, okay. Her, her, <laughs> Her full name is Anjali Lakshmi Srinivasan. She is um, <laughs> one of a kind. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, she really was one and only because we, when I first, when Brendan and I first wrote this movie, I envisioned a teacup pig and, uh, you know, like a tiny pig. Uh, yeah. And those aren't real, um, it turns out. <laughs> That's just a baby pig. And then they grow up and they become very, very large. Yes. Uh, you know, you can have a runt every once in a while, but it's 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 rare. So were you picking? So, were, you, were you picturing Babe in your head? Yeah, smaller. I mean, I was picturing smaller. like a tiny pig. Okay, uh, doesn't exist. And um, <laughs> so uh, it, it's funny. So Brandon um, came on to executive produce this film, and our producers basically, and he said to to them, you know, in addition to consulting with Laura on set over the script. I'm here for anything that, you know, any special projects. And they were like, you are in charge of the pig. Um, (laughs) And so he was looking far and wide and we found Anjali was 45 pounds and she was half the size of the the next smallest pig that we could find. Oh my God. So it was, it was, it had to be Anjali. And, you know, she turned out to be great. Her owner, Aparna was great. um, And we really worked together on, you know, the pig seizure and other effects that were really challenging to uh, yeah. accomplish in the film. Um, so, you know, I'm... Was, uh, she, was she a diva? Uh, she was food motivated. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that. I'll say that. She did have a large entourage. Yes. Oh, is that I'll right? That. Okay. Well, a trainer and an owner and, you know, just more people than Judy had or Marin had for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pig's great. Gives a great performance in She's the movie. She's great. Yeah, yeah she's absolutely great. great. Um, and, and and uh, no, so so um, 
did you guys were you on? Did you follow that schedule? Did you shoot it on you know on time? Was it did it come in like on budget and all that stuff? It came in on budget on time. Um, we had twenty four days to shoot it. Uh, we um, we wrapped on September twenty eighth, and then we premiered in January. So post wow. was really a sprint. Uh, yeah, um, and you know we had an incredible post team. Our editor Taylor Mason. Um, you really chased us, you know, she was, she was cutting while we were shooting, which was yeah. necessary for that kind of timeline. Yeah. But Taylor's amazing. She comes from a TV background. She's, she's won an Emmy for the black lady sketch show. And she also cut episodes of um, Ryan Murphy's Dahmer series. And mm. we, we would joke that this move, these like, you know, black lady sketch show meets Dahmer. Um, yeah. But she had this wonderful, like knack for suspense and horror, but also comedy. And I think she was just able to balance the tone really well without, without me having to kind of go in and micromanage it. Yeah. Now, do you, do you, uh, do you like it when people refer to this as a horror film? Is that, is that what do you, I mean, at its core, is that what you want it to be defined as or, or, or more? Well, you know, I, I do think of my stuff as kind of horror adjacent. That's, you know, I, I love horror and I don't have a problem with it being classified as horror. Um, I just I just hope that people won't expect jump scares. You know, I think yeah. that my only problem with the classification of horror is that if it, if an if an audience is coming in with the wrong expectations. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, I I also have a pretty wide definition of horror. So I think it 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 fits in there, but I've also heard it called, you know, a psychological thriller. Yeah. You know, it yeah. it's it's black comedy, uh, black comedy. Yeah, there. There, yeah. I mean, I think of it as a comedy, but a lot yeah. of people don't. <laughs> no, I do, too. I think it's a, I think it's a black comedy. And yeah. uh, but but yeah. with 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 horror elements to it. But, you yeah. know, I mean, if you want to like it, you know, like on the simplest of levels, it's like, yeah, OK, it's a horror movie. Let's let's talk about that. And and um, mm. and uh, but but yeah, I, you know, it, it, it falls under all the because it's a it, because it's a really great film. It's not it's it, you can't classify it as far as I'm concerned. It's just a really great film. And, oh, well, and, it, and it falls under a whole bunch of different categories and it works under all mm. those categories. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, so how, what, what has the response been like when people, cause like when I, I was overjoyed, you saw me 15 <laughs> minutes after I saw the goddamn movie and I, I chased you down, uh, in the lounge because I was just so hyped about it. And a lot of people, you know, aren't as weird as I am and are like jumping up and down and happy after seeing that movie. What has been the response that people get like immediately that you, that the responses that you've been getting about the film? Well, you know, it's, it's, I love how much you love this movie. Um, and I, you know, I, I certainly have a lot of affection for this movie, but it's not, um, it is not for everyone. Uh, yeah. uh, and I don't mind that at all, actually. I feel like, you know, it's, it's really meaningful to me when folks connect with it on a deep level. And, yeah. and that's the, the beauty of being at these festivals is that they, they know what I look like and they can come find me and talk to me about it. Um, yeah. you know, uh, I guess I should not be surprised. A lot of women in their fifties and sixties have come up to me and really responded to this film. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of people who have had who have given birth, you know, really appreciate this film because they, it in some ways. I mean, certainly these are not the only birthing experiences, but we we do show some of them, and yeah. and it's not sanitized, you know. And I think that there's an appreciation for that. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I mean, I just like the conversations that it sparks. And then, you know, if 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 someone's not into it, that's also fine. They they yeah. nobody's been angry. They just tend to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to oh, is that the person who made the movie? All right, I'm yeah. staying away. I'm staying away from them. That's uh, yeah, that's all there is which to is it. fine. That's yeah. great. I ran right up to you though, so that's the difference. <laughs> uh all right, can we can we talk a, um a little bit about AJ Lister? Oh yeah, she's Please. amazing. Yeah, uh, amazing as the little girl. Uh, what great mm-hmm. work! And how was what was it like working with a child like that? I mean, I I have mm, I've only worked in a limited way with children before. Although certainly on the films that I've production designed, I've worked with children a fair amount. Yeah. Um, and from that experience, I learned that really you are casting the parents when you're casting a child as well. Yeah. AJ yeah. was awesome, and her mother was awesome. Um, and her mother Stephanie was a real um, collaborator in terms of you know helping me to figure out how to work with AJ and get the best work out of her. Um, she had just uh, finished shooting Challengers, the Luca Guadagnino movie that's coming out, I guess, early next year. Oh, um, yeah. Where the she, little, she plays, the little, yeah. Little th- the, the little thruple uh, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I believe she plays Andea's daughter in the, in the movie. Um, and so that was helpful because I think film sets can be pretty overwhelming for children, but she had had some, some large set experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's just kind of a natural. She's really precocious. She's really smart. She we would talk about her motivations. You know, yeah. she was she was in it. How much of it did she get? You know, like I mean, because it's you know obviously. How old is she? And how old was she, she when was, you were making? She was film? six when we were filming. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I'm sadly I'm not sure what her birthday, but she okay. was six so she, so she was six when you were filming it. And clearly, you're not going to go. Well, uh, here's exactly what happens <laughs> with the turkey no. baster. You're not going to tell her about that kind of stuff. Oh, um. no, no, no. And, and there's there's a scene in the... I don't think this gives too much away. There's a scene yeah. in the movie where she appears with Marin and Marin is nude. Yes. Um, so, which was shot as a composite. We never had AJ actually in the room with um, Marin at the time. Yeah. Um, and I knew, you know, I knew that any parent reading the script would have a lot of questions. So yeah. We, you know, yeah. Uh, when, when we sent out the... Um, audition you know breakdown we we also gave all the parents uh, of the children auditioning access to the full script and to a letter from me that was stating my intentions and and sort of how i intended to cover the scenes that were particularly challenging yeah um but then when it came to sort of the the horror elements of the subject matter i really just had to talk to stephanie you know are how do we talk about death how do we you know how are you talking with her about death and i really followed um stephanie's lead and aj was down she was really excited about stuff and you know uh the stuff that i thought would scare her never did and then you know sometimes you know if the characters were yelling at each other you know marin and judy uh that would freak her out so you know i think it's always important to be sensitive like kids aren't always afraid of what you think they will be and sometimes there are other things that you need to watch out for well she's great um she's great she's great She's terrific. She's as as is every performance. Like everybody is just so great, and and the performance is very in uh, in style too. Like it's it's just mm. wonderful to watch. It really is, oh, and it's all well, it's you. just it's just great. So what's uh, you know I mean this you know it's coming out on Friday. Do we have what's next? Are you working on something now? Because I want you to make another movie immediately. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you're you're talking to director Laura. Writer Laura is currently on strike. Uh, oh we, yes, yes. We. Um, but the, I mean, the the film that I am hoping is next when we can we can all go back to work is yeah. called Gordon, and it was 
Friday, my short film was a proof of concept for this film. It's set in Detroit in the 1980s, and it's about um, a misdiagnosed sociopath trying not to become a serial killer. And it is it is much more solidly a black comedy. Um, so that's that's what we were working on and trying to sort of develop uh, as when we went on strike in strike May. Happens. Well, yeah, good luck with the strike. I hope you guys get what you deserve because you do deserve. This is absurd. What's happening? No, thank you. Me too. I think this is an existential fight for not just writers and actors, but the whole industry. So I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. So, well, listen, I I can't tell you enough uh, how much I love your movie. I I can't wait to see it again. And I'm dragging everybody I know to see it um, on the big screen. And eventually it'll be on Shutter, and you should watch it on Shutter. But before it comes to Shutter, whenever that will be, it's TBA on that. Get your ass out to the theater and see it. Um, yes, I'm just looking up. If you'll bear with me, yeah, it, I can tell you where it's playing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it, at the Ford City 14 AMC in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and then at the Cicero 14 in Cicero, Illinois, mm-hmm. and in the Barrington 30 in South Barrington, Illinois. Um, okay, we're we're playing nationwide, but those are the ones that. Uh, the local ones that, here in Chicago that I know about, yeah. Okay, great. And uh, and I will I will uh, I will keep posted. You know, like as we get closer to the opening date, which is Friday, I'll look it up uh, and see if there are any more theaters. But those are the theaters. Look it up. It's called Birth slash Rebirth. Um, it is truly one of my favorite uh, movies of the year. And I have to say this: I did my half year list mm-hmm. of my favorite movies, and I didn't put your your movie on it because it didn't technically come out yet. Because these are movies that were released. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and uh, of my top 10 movies, six of them were directed by women. I know. Huh. Uh, and I found that to be like my favorite movie uh, of the year uh, right now is Barbie, mm. <laughs> which I just thought was. Did you have you seen Barbie? I have. And I was honestly, as, as someone who really didn't connect with Barbies as a child, yeah. I was surprised at how delighted I was by that movie. Yeah, um, it's amazing. You know, I thought it was incredible. And as a, and as a production designer, it kind of Beautiful, blew my right? head back. It's, yeah. I was yeah. astounded by how, because I, 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 I like Greta Gerwig's other movies a lot. Like I mm. love Her Little Women and I love Lady, uh, Lady Laybird. Mm. Um, and I've always liked her as an actress and a, as a personality. But man, this thing to me was just like, shot out of a cannon and i thought it was really delightful and really demented you know i really appreciated that and and i thought it was lovely and subversive and there were jokes in there i mean you know there's a joke about the snyder cut of justice league that almost (laughs) made me fall out of my chair and the helen mirren voiceover about you shouldn't hire an actress who looks like margot robbie (laughs) (laughs) like stuff like that and i mean to you know i mean and and of course ironically my favorite performance in the movie is by a guy because i think gosling is amazing (laughs) I know. I mean, Ken steals the show. It's true. Although, you know, the thing about, I mean, Margot Robbie has a tougher role, role because she she's playing a straight man, right? Yep. She's she's yep. playing a vacuous yep. doll going through an existential crisis. So yep. I think there's a lot of virtuosity to that performance. It's but great. yes, he's it's so great. wonderful and so flashy it's that, you know, so it's hard ridiculous. to ignore. So yeah. anyway, that, and so the, 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 the ladies have been making great movies. Uh, this year, they and have. A, they and have. As a, and as a non-binary, I just want to say that your your movie is is extraordinary. Um, and I Thank can't. You. I you know, uh, it just it blew me away. And on that level of you know, like I've been telling people that if you want to like take Mary Shelley, combine it a little bit with with uh, with Cronenberg, and then add a bunch of really funny sort of black comedy, that's what this is. Oh, well, thank so, you. That's yeah. that's the perfect description. That's what I would dream it's of. So goddamn good. Uh, birth, <laughs> rebirth. It'll open at uh, Ford City, Cicero, and other theaters, and then it'll be on Shutter at some point. But you should go out to the theater and see it. Uh, Laura, I you know I can't even explain to you how excited I am and, and thrilled that you were able to 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 take the time to do this. And 
I plugged the hell out of it at Flashback. I played the trailer, uh, uh, you know, and it got a, it got a really nice response from the crowd. So, um, thank the, you. And that that yeah. horror that tribe of horror fans that were in Chicago last weekend uh, they know about it. So, oh great. Well, thank yeah. you so much, and thank you yeah. for having me today. Okay, thanks, Laura. Thanks. Take care. Uh, Laura Moss, uh, incredible uh, movie, is called uh, Birth Rebirth. God, it's good. All right. You know what else is good? Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon joins me uh, on every show, and uh, today is no different. Hello, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, good weekend? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty good weekend. Oh, all right. Well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh. Um, and uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Good yeah, weekend. Yeah. 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 So uh, we got that. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we got a magic megaphone that we're going to get to. My dad's going to stop mm-hmm. by and tell a joke. So mm-hmm. uh, we're preparing for that already. Oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Hi, hi. How hi, are you? Hi, I'm ya? Carrie Russell, yeah. and I right. love Nick's show. All right, Carrie. Carrie's uh, Carrie's very. She's very happy today. I don't, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It was. Is it, there she, a reason for it? Yeah, it rained really hard, but now it stopped. So she's happy that the rain has stopped. True. She does live. <laughs> she lives now outside is the on the porch, back porch. Now the porch, the roof <laughs> part. Is there a roof? To the porch, is, or is it but just it's, like it's it's a you know it's it's the slatted wooden porch, you know right. what I mean? So the rain can get through the little slats in between the mm, boards. Okay. It's not enclosed. It's uh, it is a uh, you know if the let's say the wind is whipping at a at a certain degree, it uh, carry you know has to use an umbrella sometimes. So uh, right, right. But she does have a, an official. Okay. She's she happy a, now. So. She has an official Felicity umbrella, so that works out really well. <laughs> So. Well, at least she got one thing good out of that show. She did, yeah, she did. <laughs> an umbrella, so, yeah. She got an umbrella and a fan. She got me uh, as, mm. a, as a fan. So that's, I'm sure she's really thrilled about that. Hi, right? I'm Carrie yeah. Russell, and I right. love Nick's show. All right, cool. Anyway, okay. Uh, so uh, before we get into, we're going to talk about like uh, some witty retorts uh, that, that I found in this article that celebrities being smart asses, which I thought was interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I follow you on the socials. Yes, and yes. you enjoy posting things every uh, every once in a while, and you actually uh, do the posting on the Instagram for this very podcast, which I appreciate. You do the posting mm-hmm. on that, um, which is always lovely. But I I saw some of the posts that you did over the weekend, and I don't remember whether it was Friday or Saturday. Um, uh, it was Saturday. Saturday, yes. where you posted that you were at Talia Hall, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful uh, uh, venue in a neighborhood uh, that I absolutely love. Uh, Pilsen. Love it. And I uh, hadn't been there in a long time until just recently when I saw Sarah Squirm there. Yeah. And just, again, walking around going, man, I have not been to Pilsen in many years. I need to come back regularly because that neighborhood rules. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. It's such a great neighborhood. But I saw that you guys were there, and I thought, oh, well, maybe they're going to see some concert or, you know, some crazy comedy sketch, you know, comedy thingamajig. Mm -hmm. But then I saw pictures of you and, and Colin in roller skates, like just from your feet. You had you took pictures yes. of your feet. And then I was like, wait a minute, are they roller skating at Talia Hall? And then the next thing on your reel or your stories thing, because one was a picture of like mm -hmm. roller skates and it said at Talia Hall. And I was like, well, that's a little weird. And the next was you guys roller skating in Talia Hall to Michael Jackson. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? And why am I not at Talia Hall roller skating right now? What? <laughs> Please tell me about what this was, and do they have open skating at Talia Hall? Uh, so they had an event, and it was the inaugural event um, that was roller skating. It was um, oh. sponsored by this uh, group called Inspired by Favor, okay. which they do roller skating events like around. Um, I'm not quite sure like where they do it, but. Um, they're an entity onto themselves that is all about roller skating. So they have lessons, they do um, events and stuff. Like apparently they were on Good Morning America uh, over at the, I don't know if it's still there, but the Barbie Cafe. Yeah. You know, they, they did that pop-up. The so pop -up, they yeah. had yeah. they this group, they were on Good Morning America doing like a roller skating thing over there. But they they sponsored um the roller skating at talia hall and it was their first one there so we'll see if it if it went well they'll probably do more uh was it well attended um i think so yeah yeah it was uh it was a good crowd um it was fun because it was like older people and then there was younger like it was 17 and over too which was kind of nice because then you know anybody could bring their kids or whatever yeah or well yeah. they're teenage they're teenagers children. yeah yeah Wow, and and so did they have like a DJ? Was there like a, a guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, was they going, had DJs. Did they have all skates and fox trots? Did they do that kind of stuff? Um, they did. We didn't stay for too too long because we are, um, now beginners again. <laughs> <laughs> I used to skate as a kid, and I could skate well, and yeah. now I'm just like a very beginner now. Mm -hmm. I'm back to square one. I see. So we got real tired real fast yeah. with our skates. But from what we saw, like, they had a little beginner's time. So, like, just the beginners could be out there. Um, and then they did have an advanced bit. They had some performances, too, of people doing, um, like, skating stuff, which is oh, fun. Oh, man. So does that mean now that this is going to be – this was inaugural. Does that mean it's going to be a regular thing at Atalia, Atalia Hall? Um, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. They – I guess based – on how this did and if it did well enough for them did they, they play like besides again? the michael jackson what were some of the other songs that you guys skated to do you remember um it was a lot of hip-hop oh okay all right that's cool so now did they have skates there like did they bring the no you, you had to bring your own you had to bring your own i was going to say because i know most yeah. roller skating places you can go up and rent skates but they of course i'm thinking to myself where the hell are they going to rent skates at, at talia hall at talia hall that's not going to be a thing yeah <laughs> you know but I think that's a, and and I mean you know having been there a bunch of times, uh, both with you know with uh, seats on the floor and without, it's a perfect mm -hmm. place. It's like a perfect place to roller skate, you know. Yeah, because it's just all wooden floor. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun because you could you'd be going around and stuff and then, you know, you were they had set it up so you could easily like go sit down somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or exactly. grab onto one of the many like metal poles right. that were so just you, <laughs> you just fall on your fall on your forty year old ass. That's not a that's not something you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I loved roller skating. Now you said you skated when you were a kid. Did you skate regularly? What what in, yeah. in Jo then Joliet, what was the place? Where was the skating place? Where was the hip skating place? Um, we just had one and I couldn't tell you what it's called, what it was called. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's changed now. It's something stupid. It's like the family fun center. <laughs> it's like, what? But can you still roller skate there or did they, did they get rid yeah. of that? You can yeah, still you roller can still skate there. It's called the family fun zone. The family <laughs> so, fun zone. It used to have a different, it was like a specific, like, you know, skater skating name. Right. Um, but yeah, now it's the family fun zone. But yeah, well, you can still skate there. I like that that's still there though. I I, I happen to be a big I'm a big scan of a fan of roller skating. Yeah, there's I, there's a lot of there's a lot of rinks, just not in the city, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the only one that is in the city is uh on the south side, and it's actually the park district. Yeah. Because um, there used to be it. there used to be the Rainbow Room on Lawrence. Mm -hmm. uh, which was classic because that was also like a, a great concert venue back in the 60s and in the early 70s. That you know, like people like Zeppelin and Hendrix and bands played like that at the Rainbow. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rainbow. And then then it was a roller skating rink, and uh, I believe it's now closed. And there used to be the Axle, which was in Norwich. That's the one that I went to. No, yeah, the Rainbow, that's completely gone. And yeah, it's gone. There's buildings yeah. now. Yeah, no, it's gone. And the, There's and, apartments. Yeah, and and the, the Axle is now, uh, well, the Axle is now, it's not remember that that's the place that we talked about a lot on Harlem Irving. It was like the it was like a ripoff of Chuck E. Cheese and people were getting punched. Oh, right. The yeah, cops were yeah. always there. That's mm -hmm. now a uh, a dollar store. So, oh, OK. Yeah. So that's become a dollar store. So that's gone. Um, but that's where I used to go. The axle. We used to be called when I was a little kid, it was called the hub. Mm. And then it was the axle. And you would go what you would do is you go and you'd roller skate at the axle and then you'd go next door and get some Maurice Linnell imperfect cookies. Because that's where they made the Maurice Linnell cookies. Oh, well, cookies. there you go. And you would go there, and they'd have, like, a big bucket of all the broken cookies, and you could have them. <laughs> yeah, so they, the, the roller skating rink, essentially the only one in the city, is at 77th Street. <laughs> yeah, so. 77th. And, and what? Because my, my, my lady friend lives at 73rd. Uh, it's 1200. 1200 West, 77th. Oh, my God. That's not very far. <laughs> well, oh, maybe well, we, you we got go. Something. We got something going on, man. Definitely. Definitely. You should go roller skating because yeah, that's a proper rink. I am gonna. You no, know, I'm gonna talk to Julie about that and say I think we're gonna be we are gonna be going roller skating. So that's yeah. fantastic. What's it? What's the name of it? Of the place? Um, it's the Park District. Oh, so it's a Park it's District. The, okay. Yeah, it's a Park District, but it's called the Martin Luther King Family Entertainment Center Roller Rink. Oh my god, <laughs> it's quite a name. Fantastic. <laughs> That's but yeah, fantastic. it's part of the park district. I used to roller skate every Tuesday after school at St. Patrick's. Not St. Patrick's, Jesus Christ. Uh, at St. Andrews, mm. which is at uh, on Addison near uh, um, Palina. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it, and we used to roller skate there. You had bingo there on Friday nights in oh. the gymnasium. It was the St. The, the Andrews gym. It's still there. The gym is still there, and I don't know if they still do bingo. I know they don't do roller skating, but but they but they I, they might still do bingo. I'm not sure. So bingo was on Friday nights, and then Tuesday after school was when we would we would roller skate in the St. St. Andrews gym. Nice. 
Yeah, and they had lemonade, and you could like roller skate. <laughs> they would play. They would play. You know, car wash, and everybody would clap, and they would do the limbo. You know, when you do mm. the limbo. And yeah, stuff. I I could not. And I'm sure they did it at this because they did kind of prep it. They were like, oh, we're going to do like all this stuff. Yeah, the old school stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And I'm sure they were doing those kind of competition things. Yeah, yeah. But I I, could not. Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't been on skates in years. (laughs) Like if I if we end up going to the MLK Fun Center or whatever it's called, um, I'm going to fall on my ass and probably break it. No, um, and actually, Colin did fall. He fell like it? twice in a in a whole thing. Like they had to go. Get... <laughs> they had to what? They... He, they they like they had people kind of like a ref and like just kind of people like to help you along just in case. Or so somebody had to rescue Colin. What? What? So they kind of had to like they went over because I think he <laughs> fell. He oh, fell no. once on his butt, and then he kind of fell again, <laughs> getting oh, no. up. And they were just like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Like, they were just kind of trying They're to They're there to help you out. Yeah, the assistants to help yeah. you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was – I didn't I didn't fall, thankfully. But, yeah, yeah. I was – my feet were crying. Yeah, my no. My shins were on fire. The joys of getting old, Esmeralda, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Because I used to be a badass skater. I was one of those – Yeah. I used to go all the I mean, time. I was able to pretty much, I could like even go backwards okay. Like yeah. I, I could yeah. hold my own, but in this yeah. thing, I'm just like, yep. that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> if Julie and I go skating, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to yeah. end up like smashing into a wall or falling on my ass, and it's just, it's not going to be good. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm I have need... my own skates, and they're, um, I bought them like 15 years ago because uh-huh. <laughs> they were really cool. Yeah. Um, they look like Adidas sneakers. And they're blue and yellow. Yeah. And so the issue with that is, though, um, well, I don't know if it, if for me it would work, but most, you know, like most roller skates, you'll see like they have a higher, it goes up to your ankle, like past yeah. your ankle. Yeah, yeah, so you kind of have more support there. Right. Uh, this has none because it, it's like a, it's a shoe. Like, I'm sure if I took off oh, the I wheels. See. Yep. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, they have those. Those are. You, you remember back in the old days where like if you. Now, well, well, hold on. Let me ask you. Did Colin have his own skates, too? He had to go get some at Buy It Again Sports. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so they have roller skates at Buy It Again Sports. I'm not surprised. I, I think people still, I think that's a still Not a too thing. many. Not yeah. too many, but they did have a selection. Wow. Um, but so, so you remember those skates that you would, that like if you would go roller skating and you didn't, and they weren't real skates, they were clip on. So they would clip onto your shoes. Oh, I never, I never had those. I only saw them like for little kids. Yeah, but I mean, you could get them older too. Like they, like really, you know, attach them to your sh- to your actual shoes. So you. <laughs> oh, I never. Yeah, I never yeah. saw those. Yeah, no, those were. I guess those were usable. I never had. I had actual real skates because I used I'd to. I'd be watch- worried that they would fall off. Me too. I couldn't. I wouldn't trust them. Are you kidding me? And you couldn't do anything cool. Like you couldn't like spin around or go backwards. They'd fly right off your feet. Yeah, although yeah. there is apparently, well, this is interesting, there is a, um, I don't know how this works, because again, it's um, a detachable roller skate. Yeah. And it's, like, <laughs> fancy. Like, it's of now. It's not like, oh, this is an old thing. Mm-hmm. No, they're trying to make it a thing. So do I they guess. attach to your, they attach to your shoes? So if you got a pair of shoes, you can actually clip these things on or attach them to your yeah, it the... might be a thing that you have to buy, like, their shoe. Okay. I don't know if you can use your own shoes. So it's not yeah, like a... Yeah, uni- it's because it's... it has a little... 
they have little like hook thingies right that are on connected the just to that to that shoe yeah i gotcha yeah. so then yeah you can hook on the lace but then you can just walk with them which i kind of like that because then you could go skating mm-hmm. and then you just take off the the wheels and boom then you got you're done. the shoes yeah because here's the issue and it was funny to see everybody um at this place everyone had just big bags everyone had backpacks because you have to carry your skates in right um so everyone had a backpack a giant backpack so this would have been nice <laughs> i used Thinking to about I, it. it's I, like, I, that would have been great i used to carry mine over my shoulder i would tie the laces together um each you know like each skate i would tie the the, yeah. the skates together by their laces and then drape them over my shoulder oh like, i would have you know, one 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 myself. one one in one one skate over my over my back shoulder and one over my front, and like the laces held them together. I would tie the laces together, and that's how I would carry them on my shoulder. Yeah, I would have bruised myself. Yeah, my skates were very heavy. They're very heavy. I had like because I was obsessed when I was a little kid. I was obsessed with the roller derby, and so I got mm. official skates uh, from the roller derby um, mm. from the Thunderbirds. And um and I had those and I started skating when I was real real young and like I said I used to go to the Axel but every Tuesday I would go to uh, to St Andrews and I was one of those jagoffs who never left I never left the floor because I unless it was couples only because I would never find a woman I would never find a girl nobody's gonna skate with me <laughs> but I was able to go backwards backwards I was able to do the foxtrot all that shit I was really yeah. great and, yeah uh, there was and then like at this thing people were dancing yeah in the skates and like yeah. they were it was re- it was a lot it was a lot and then yeah. there's just me and like all the other people like droop, 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 droop. <laughs> have <laughs> you ever seen to... you ever seen the movie roller boogie uh, i have not oh you gotta look that one up as brother it's with linda fucking blair fresh from being possessed oh by Satan. boy oh it's, it's classic it's roller boogie and this came out like when roller disco was very popular yeah I mean, this was like when I was like twelve or thirteen. When I was at my at the height of my roller skating, disco took over, and it was like you know people were dancing like Tony Manero with skates on, and it became a thing. Yeah. Like roller <laughs> disco, roller disco became like a huge, huge thing, and they had roller disco parties, and on, you know, on, you know, like every episode of like you know, like the Love Boat and all the sitcoms in the seventies. At one point, everybody was rollo, you know, roller discoing. Right. It was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they used to but i remember you know they 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 would play uh, you know some of the music that they played was fantastic it was mostly disco but i remember it specifically at st andrews in the gym at st andrews they the 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 most popular one everybody would go nuts when they played car wash that's when everybody would go oh yeah you know, well that makes sense you know everybody clapped you know so uh but yeah car wash was like one of the more one of the more favorite ones in the so that's that's great but no there were people who used to like do the splits and do the dancing and the disco and it was a full-on routines you know yeah um, we didn't see well we saw that with the um with the performances right um but not anybody i didn't see anybody doing it while we were skating like free there, skating right there, but there was like, people like doing a little bit of a trick and here and there yeah i would like i would love to see like at one of these things just just some dude coming out with like what he wore in 1977 you know oh there were some people wearing like little short shorts lots of sparkles it was fun it was fun to see everyone get dressed up for it that's i hope they do it again uh i would love to go to tell you all on roller skate that'd be fucking great 
That would be great. I don't have any skates anymore, though. I haven't skated. Yeah, you'd have to get some. I'd have to get some skates, and I'm sure that my my I'm sure my ankles wouldn't be able to handle it, and my bloated ass feet wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I'd fall on my fat ass, and you know, so it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be prudent. But uh, <laughs> but no, I'm sure that would be fun. I, I when I saw that, I was so jealous of you guys because you were in like a really cool place in a really great neighborhood, roller skating, and I was like, God damn, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, that's cool. Now, how did you hear about it? Um, I was told by a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while and they started roller skating mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, oh, cause I was talking to them. I was like, oh my God, I love, I would love to roller skate. And they told me that they were doing a thing at Talia Hall. That's so cool. That is so cool. Wow. All right. That's great. That's great. I hope they do it again. I do. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope it, it takes off. Yeah. But I remember like, uh, you know, you would rent skates too. And that, mm-hmm. you know, you, when, when you go to these skating places, and that's just as, as safe as, you know, the bowling shoes, because you'd be like, right, you well, know, like I wear socks. <laughs> yeah, you got have to wear socks. And, you know, but I, I don't care how much shit you spray into bowling shoes. You know, you know how, the, you know, the guys, they would do they'd spray that shit, yeah. in there, the disinfectant, like that's supposed to make us feel like safe, you know, like. Uh, I guess six, it is like mm. 6,000 other people have worn those goddamn things. And uh, so I don't know. Yeah, the 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 skate and and all and and I used to because I had my own skates and if I, for mm-hmm. some reason like if we ended up, you know, calling an audible and going roller skating and I didn't have my skates, I remember I was such a snob about the skates that they had available at these places. <laughs> Be like these skates suck, man. You know, like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Would you like get? Did you have wheels and stuff? Like, did you get like special ones or? Yeah, I had. You, I, did you buy one separate from the ones that came with this? I had two. I had to, I, over over my my. You know, I didn't have a career. I was gonna say career. Yeah, I had a fucking career roller. <laughs> you I, were in the low level yeah. amateur yeah. skating roller skating circuit. Um, I did. I had. I had. I believe. I think I had like five pairs of roller skates over the years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I also had three pairs of bowling shoes over the years. Like I went there. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Did now? Did you ever have? I never bowled while I was skating. <laughs> oh no, I never had rollerblades. Never. Um, about you? Did you did you rollerblade at all? I did have rollerblades. Yeah. Um, and actually, they had been sitting under in my parents' house for many many years, to the point where my mom then did take them out. Because mm-hmm. they were still in the box, like I would, we would always store everything in the boxes, like shoes. You kept and everything. everything. Oh, really? So okay. everything was in. It was in that box. And my mom's like, I pulled them out, and they just fell apart. Oh. Because <laughs> no. it had been so long, and they were plastic, like rollerblades, yeah. like shitty little rollerblades. So they were like Barbie. And, they were like Barbie and Ken's rollerblades in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. But they, yeah, they just like disintegrated yeah, in that box. That's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Now it's a, you know, rollerblading is a different skill set than roller. It is, and I hated it. Roller skating. I was not that yeah. big a fan of rollerblading. Because rollerblading is much more similar to ice skating, and I can ice skate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can barely ice skate. Yeah, I played hockey, so I can ice skate. But but um, I never did rollerblade. You would think it would be a natural because I can I can skate, you know, um, mm-hmm. or can ice skate. But but it's I never. It's a little. Did. It feels different. It does feel different between ice skates and rollerblades. Yeah. Um, I always hated that the that the brake was in the back of a rollerblade yep. because yep. I was so used to roller skates and I would always try to 
go forward. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Yeah, because you had the big rubber stopper on the front of the uh, on the yeah. front of the skates. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but rollerblading, I never, I never did do that. Um, uh, you know, and it, I remember. Well, it's 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 actually come back a little bit. Like it's it was it was unhip for a while, but now people are rollerblading again. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I've, I've seen, seen people them. rollerblading. Just yeah. I don't know how they do it on the street. Yeah. I remember trying to do it, and it was the worst. Cause like any little rock, any little thing, exactly, gets into your wheel, and it's the worst. Yeah, and and and, uh, but now everybody is on these goddamn scooters, these motorized Mm -hmm. scooters, and they're all like, you know, and how about the jagoffs who are on the sidewalks? Like, get what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, Um, and then the worst of them all is the ones on those uh, two big wheeled. Oh yeah looking yeah. things where That's it's right. literally it's like a skateboard with two giant wheels yeah. do you know who used to, and you it's know who, motorized do you know who used to ride that all the time ride who? one of those all the time uh vic vaughn what? remember what? remember vic from the from he did not have one yes he did it might he made one of those he, he did. He may have busted that thing out after you were gone, after you had left. I think it was after I left. Be- no, because... no, he would skate because he lived in the loop, and he would he would skate that goddamn thing into work. He would bring it and in. It, it would be like... in the... yeah. It would like how the fuck do you balance on this thing? It was like two big wheels in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That he had one of those as well. He used to. Oh, he used... God. <laughs> I always see people like that, and I secretly wish that I could, like, well, just fucking no, bite it. <laughs> well, clearly, though, he clearly he started riding this thing after you had left. After you had left. Yeah, because uh, uh, he would have, I would have not, you I would have no, you would have made fun him of him. hell. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> he had it in the newsroom. He would, like, and cause oh, yeah, there, no, I would have completely. No, I would walk in there, and, and I'd be like, what the fuck is this thing? And he's like, oh, man, I love it. And then he would get on it in the newsroom. And ride around the fucking newsroom. And I'd be like, what are you doing, man? What is wrong with you? But he loved it. He, you know, he loved it, man. He rode it through, like, you know, he he would ride it through Millennium Park because he lived, like, in the loop. And he would go down and ride through Millennium Park on his goddamn giant, weird, two-wheeler balance beam hoverboard yeah they're like <laughs> um yeah they're like hover i think they like are hoverboard. hoverboard i think they are i think they are it's a hoverboard with two wheels except you know the actual hoverboard from back to the future too hovers there's no wheels it actually does right oh, it actually hovers but i think we're a few years away from that technology I yeah i think just a little bit yeah i i cannot when i see people riding those things i'm just like secretly wishing they yeah. just fucking bite it. <laughs> yeah. I I think I feel the same way. I will tell you though the scooters drive me nuts now. I mean, I like them. I think it's a great idea. I mean, you know like yeah. you got the you got the divvy bikes and now you got the scooters you can leave them anywhere, you know. I don't know. I think that's all right. I think that's cool, but the people The I'll, scooters I'll, are frightening. I mm-hmm. I rode one. Yeah, you did. Times, you, and, and, they're, and they're scary. If you and you're supposed to ride them in the street. So you rode them in the street, do do you find that cars are like fuck you, I'm running you over? Um, well, see, here's the thing, like, you know, when you're on a bike and you can do things when you're on the bike, like make a motion that you're turning yeah. or that you're doing something. Well, at least for me, because it was my first time, I couldn't hold on and then also put my motion. arm out or do yeah. whatever. Right, right, right. So it was just too frightening. I mean, yeah. cars see you and stuff, but you know, you can't trust. I couldn't trust myself on it to then gotcha. like properly yeah. do anything. Yeah. I would be too. <laughs> on a bike, too. like it's easier to slow down. Yeah. And you know, it has like 
things you push and pull or whatever to but sometimes they're a little too sensitive so then if yeah. you pull if you squeeze I, it too hard there you go you're like yeah you're i always start and stopping was, it's yeah you know what i find is a, a lot of the majority of people they still are struggling with it like what, what you know like i see people like mm-hmm. trying they're in the street and the fucking thing is about to blow up and they're kind of you know, they, they're like turning. well i think like, it's oh. because it's you know each one is probably one will be more sensitive it's like right. a car when you get into a new car yep. or a car you've never driven and you yep. like test the brakes and do everything and you notice yep. like oh okay this yep. one's they're not all the same, so that's true. If you're not that's used true. to it. And then you got the guys who are just screaming down the street. Yeah, like I, like I, I'm always fascinated when I like if I'm walking down to to WLS or to a screening, which I will be doing in mm-hmm. just a, a few moments. I'm going to see that Blue Beetle movie. Ooh, um, it's that DC movie, uh, and George Lopez, George Lopez is in it with a big beard. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I really know about it. But anyway, I'm always amazed by the people who are flying down the Michigan Avenue Bridge or trying to like weave through traffic on these scooters on the michigan yeah, Avenue bridge I, i'm like what are you doing it's very frightening in my mind but yeah if you can do it i guess yeah now what if uh, instead of rollerblades what if we just roller skated down the street i mean it's same thing in my opinion like i've tried to roller skate on the street again rocks and any little right. thing yeah. just messes you up i mean and the back- most ideal is a rink or a freshly paved right <laughs> parking lot <laughs> right or a gymnasium floor but even that's questionable mm-hmm. because I, I remember that there were certain spots uh at, at st andrews that you would have to avoid because there were like the wood was kind of old or it was like there were cracks in the wood right and you could go flying across the goddamn room <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so um yeah and then they would have the limbo contest and then you would because I I, was... that's amazing because you're going back you're limboing yeah you're leaning right? all the way you back can't... Yeah. Yeah, because you can't just duck under it. Well, no, but you could, could do you? the splits. You could do the splits and duck under it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But they would have the limbo contest, and I, if I remember correctly, I think it was a buck to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think like you got like a free pass, so they gave you a dollar or something. You know, or they stamped your hand for the next time, so you couldn't bathe, and you'd have to come in with the stamp. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't wash this stamp off. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so stupid, so stupid. But I le- I went every week. So well, I hope it's a, a regular thing at at uh, at, at Thalia Hall. Yeah, Thalia I hope Hall. so too. Yeah, yeah. So cool. That's so so cool. Now, what are you, are you guys gonna? Since you've got since well, since Colin just bought bought skates, is he gonna start? Is he gonna try and skate more often since he just got skates? I mean, I guess. Um, <laughs> like I said, all the all the damn rinks are either on yeah. the south side or like out in the in the suburbs. So. Then when he gets out of them again, is he just gonna go? Ah! Is that? <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> he might have. He might, you know, second time, second round might be yeah. a little better. You just got to get back up on your, your back up and used to it. But yeah. Yeah. But you know, you know, my body's old, man. I'm a fat fuck now, and I and if I try to get on skates, I'd just be like, dude, what are you doing? Just go home and sleep. <laughs> go home and sit on the couch and watch, you know, Tattletales. Nobody, you know. So anyway, all right. Well, that sounds like uh, that sounds like fun. That was as soon as I I got all jelly when I saw your picture. I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> Omo. I was like, damn, man. Yeah, I was like, why am I? Why aren't I at at Talia Hall right now skating? And it was like you got it was they were skating it. Don't stop till you get enough. I was like, what the fuck, mm-hmm. man? That's like one of the few Michael Jackson songs I like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. 
All right. Well, I remember one time, Mike. Uh, they ha- it was like Teen Night mm-hmm. uh, at uh, at the Axel, and I think it was I was called the Axel then. It might have been called the Hub. And my cousins, mm-hmm. who were older than me, um, my 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 cousin Jeff was like four years older than me. My cousin Kathy was five years older than me, and I was like eleven or twelve. And they were like, "We want to bring you to Teen Night," but I wasn't old enough because I think you had to be like fifteen or something to get in. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, but I wasn't old enough. So I remember they were like, we're going to bring you in. And I looked and I looked cause I'm, you, you see me, I'm a little, I'm a squirrely little son of a bitch. I'm, I'm short and you know, little. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I was even shorter and littler and squirrelier when I was a kid, you know, like when I was like 13, I looked like I was eight, you know? So they're like, so Kathy and, uh, and, and Jeff, my cousins are like, yeah, we'll take you to the axle. And so they gave me a fake birth certificate. Like wow. not a fake. Uh, no, they gave me somebody else's. <laughs> not a fake. I'm sorry. They gave me a birth certificate that wasn't mine. Yeah. And who, who? It was a birth certificate to a friend of theirs who was like their age. So they were like five. So he was. So let's say I was 11. So this was like mm-hmm. a 16 year old or a 17 year old's birth certificate. Wow. And I'm 11. I mean, is that how you had to show proof? Uh, I guess. I mean, you don't have driver's license when yeah. you're when you're when yeah, you're like you 11. Don't. You know, so they you bring a birth certificate, and then and then they were like, okay, they're gonna quiz you at the door. So oh you got to know your name, you got to know your date of birth. And so they were, I remember them, like like really intensely quizzing me to make sure that I had this other identity, so I can go fucking roller skating at nine o'clock at night because it was late. Yeah. And so they were oh, like, okay. Yeah, because it was like still, a still wow. That's yeah. that I got was a in. Lot. I got in, and no, and everybody who was in there, like all the teams that were in there, were like, "What is this little kid doing?" <laughs> <What is> this? <laughs> the dirt guy's like, "Whatever." You have no, they're, look, they're looking at me like, or "What is this little, been... this little fucker doing here?" The reason why we're here and we want to do this is because we're like, you know, it's like eighteen, nineteen year olds. You know, it was like teen night. Like yeah. it was like going to like Medusa's, you know, but it was like teen night. And here's this fucking ten year old. I'm like this little ten year old going, "Hi!" And I'm and, and the other thing they hated about me was that I was out skating all their asses. Mm. Here's this little ten year old out there fox trotting and they're like, What the fuck is going on? How'd this kid get in here? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But I studied hard, Esmeralda. I I faked it. I was like, Yes, I was born in nineteen fifty nine, you know, or whatever. <laughs> At least you didn't because it's a birth certificate, you don't have an address or anything, so they couldn't like quiz you on right. that. Right, like a night, like a you know, a regular ID. Yeah, it was just like, but they asked me my name, and I, I can't remember the kid's name, but I had I had to give my name, and they were like, what what we you know what was your birth date and all that shit. I mean, you know, like, and they were quizzing me a lot. My cousins were were making me well, they were doing it on purpose to make me nervous. You know, they were trying mm-hmm. to scare me. You know, it's like when you get to the axle, they're going to ask you these questions, and they're a hot lamp. You know, they're like, they're, you know, and, and, and it wasn't anything like that. The, like the guy at the gate was like, "Jesus Christ, you're clearly not 15. You're like eight. Yeah. But all right, you got a birth certificate. And then he asked me my name and what my birthday was. And he went, "All right, go ahead." And then I went in, and every and, and all the every all the teenagers were like, "Why don't you just fucking leave, you little punk?" You know, it was like, oh, <laughs> right. yeah. So anyway, now you you were at um, how was the fan expo? I went uh, I, I went before I went. Well, first of all, I went Thursday on press day. Mm-hmm. So I went so mm-hmm. I could get the lay of the land. So when I went there, I knew where to go to get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible. 
So yeah. I checked I checked out as many tables as I could, you know, in the vendor room. Mm-hmm. And then I went to other sections. And then I checked out what celebrities were located where. So when I came back, I could just go directly to that if I wanted to get a picture or something. Right, right, right. Uh, so I went on Thursday, and then I went again on Friday. Uh, but it was a madhouse. And I lasted. I went, I, I, you know, I took a picture of Michael J. Fox. I didn't take a picture with him. <laughs> You know, and a couple of the other people, and mm-hmm. uh, but I lasted like on Thursday. I I was there a long time because it was like a preview, so there weren't that many people there. Right, right. And I just I checked, and the vendors were there. You know what I mean? Like the vendors were already there. They had their tables set up, so I was able to actually do. I was able to walk around. Just the celebrities weren't there. Yeah. And did then you get when to, I, did you? Was there? What was there? Uh, what were wares? I'm sorry. They were selling. What were the wares that they were selling? Oh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, it's weird because like about five of the vendors that were at Flashback were there because they have oh, horror. They, they have horror vendors and things like that, and mm-hmm. lots right. of lots of comic book, like uh, lots of comic mm. book vendors and mm-hmm. things like that, and clothing. They had one. Oh, it's one of the coolest. Did, did you go at all? Did you go at all? Not to the Fan Expo. No. Okay, um, because like so, they had a table. One of the tables was all dedicated to um, celebrities that were on candles as though they were saints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, yeah, and they were, they were yeah. fucking awesome. They were so cool. And and the one that I wanted to get was Keanu with a puppy mm. that you could light <laughs> up. So it was like Saint Keanu and he had a puppy and they had a lot of Pedro. Yeah. They had a lot of Pedro Pascal. I guess he I guess he's like a, 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 a Pablo Pascal. Uh, um, no, it's Pedro, right? Pascal? Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. Pedro. Uh, anyway, they had a lot of him. Apparently, people really have taken to him as being a saint. So they're now. <laughs> Pedro Pascal candles. Uh, so that was one of my favorite booths, and they had nice. like you know artwork and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. It was similar to the kind of stuff at the Flashback, but it was literally you could take. You saw how big the vendor room was at Flashback, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you could put seven of them inside uh, the 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 convention center at for Fan Expo. That's how big oh, it was. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. And they had like a community area where they you could go in and you could like hook up and do a podcast. They had tables if you wanted to do a podcast from there. Oh, my goodness. So like next year, we're going. We're going to do pod. We're going to do a podcast from there and just start busting shit. Yeah. And we're going to roller skate around. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. We're going to roller skate oh, around Fan no. Expo. That's what we're going to do. So I was um, I follow Harvey Guillen on oh, God, I uh, love Instagram. He was, he was here. Yeah. Yeah. So but when he, I, and he. He had a bunch of pictures. So he has like, he went to, I guess, at uh, Ravinia, Rufus Wainwright was playing. He did. So he went with Beverly <laughs> D'Angelo and Susan awesome. Sarandon. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's all because they were and all then, at Fan Expo. Yeah. Yeah. I think he went to the, he went to uh, Bruce Springsteen with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, he went to, with Mira Sorvino. God, <laughs> oh, Guillermo. I love him. Uh, it was I so good. Him. It was so fun to like see his pictures. Yeah. He's the best. Fucking Gizmo. I love him. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, God, it was looked so, fun. Yeah. Well, that's cool. He well, just I went, left. I went, I, yeah, he, well, he was here all weekend. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 you know, yeah. and, and Springsteen was Wednesday. He could have gone to Springsteen on Wednesday, the night before the fan expo started, or he could have gone on Friday because he, he played Wednesday. He went to, so Rufus was, I believe on Thursday. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's fun. <sighs> All right, quick magic megaphone, Esmeralda. You ready? And then, and then my dad's gonna tell <laughs> yeah. a joke. Okay, here we go. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, here's I'll, I'll just play it, and Esmeralda, you will understand. This is Stephanie in Elk Grove Village, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this has something to do with our podcast at Flashback. Oh. All right, here we go. Wait, what the fuck? Okay. Pet cemetery is scary. Pet cemetery is scary. Pet cemetery is scary. Right. Pet cemetery is scary. So, uh, you know, when we told the story about, uh, you know, your brother fooling you into watching Pet Cemetery when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Stephanie had a similar story about how she watched it when she was a kid and she thought it was going to be funny, but it was very scary. So that's what she wanted me to say. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, that Pet Cemetery, that movie's funny. And the only way that I can think, like, maybe you were thinking it was funny, besides your brother, like, being a dick and kind of, you know, uh, you know, f- f- fooling you into it, is that it is spelled with mm-hmm. an S, so maybe that's wacky. It's spelled with an S. Wacky, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I saw. <laughs> I mean, it was a blockbuster right. rental, the rental, I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 Uh, God, yeah I don't know. Maybe I just heard Pet. And then yeah. kind of just went, what? Pets. Oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> all right. Well, sp- Didn't even think about cemetery. No, not at all. Uh, oh, speaking of fun. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Hi, Carrie. And I love Nick's all show. All right. Yeah, I know you do, but here's my dad. Oh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go. With your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Ah, yes! Here we go! Nice. All right. My dad telling a joke. You ready, Esmeralda? Mm-hmm. There we go. My poor Harold was in the garden picking spinach for our supper and died of a heart attack. Oh, my, says what your friend said, what did you do? I defrosted some peas. Jesus. <laughs> what the? <laughs> oh, my God. That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Jesus Christ, Esmeralda, my dad getting dark. What the hell? Yeah, that's, woo. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right, Dad. Way to go. All right. Nothing like death jokes uh, on a on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Dad. He'll be back again next week. Uh, I would like to thank uh, uh, Jason Skaggs for doing all the music and the sound and the cool stuff. Ed for doing everything else. You want to be a part of the podcast? Voicemail 24-7, anytime you want, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Want to be a sponsor? Sales at radiomisfits.com is where you write. Uh, my thanks to uh, the wonderful Laura Moss for uh, spending a bunch of time with me and talking about her great movie. I'm sorry, their great movie, uh, uh, Birth, Rebirth. Um, and uh, Esmeralda, thank you. You rule. Oh, thank you. And the Ditto. next episode. And the next episode is Steve Procopi <laughs> and Eric Childress are back after a couple of weeks off. Uh, yeah. They've been away because we had flashback and all kinds of other stuff. But they're mm-hmm. back, and we're going to be reviewing Blue Beetle Strays, which is the dogs talking dirty movie with will ferrell providing mm-hmm. one of the voices mm-hmm. uh and then birth rebirth so uh, that's all coming up so if you want to uh, check us out keep us uh, keep us uh, 24 7 uh you can check us out at radio misfits.live as well to thank you and i'll talk to you next time okay thank you all right everybody thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on the next podcast <laughs> <laughs>